Hello, welcome back to the Bible with Megan podcast. I'm Megan and this is the beginning of a study series through the book of Jonah. For the next five weeks, um, so six sessions, I'm going to be releasing an episode on Jonah on a Friday available on all the podcast platforms. We're going to start today with an introduction to the book. We'll go through the chapters and then we'll finish by thinking what Jesus meant when he referred to the sign of Jonah. So let's get started with the series. My name's Megan and here I talk about the Bible. I spend some time reading through commentaries and studying passages and then chat through here about what I've learned. So you can learn that info on the go, doing your cleaning, while you work. And I really hope this just feels like grabbing a coffee with me and doing a deep dive into scripture together. Let's get on with today's episode. So I'm not going to lie to you. One of the reasons that I chose to do Jonah on here is because it's only four chapters long. (laughs) The previous series I've been doing on this podcast is going through Revelation. And um, this is something I do in my free time. And the Revelation series took about a year and a half. So (laughs) although it was very sporadic, I'm hoping from now on to make this a more regular thing. We are committing to these six weeks of Jonah. Um, They should be there every Friday. If there's ever a Friday where one is missing, just check my social media and there'll probably be an explanation. I'm hoping there won't be, but as I said, I do this in my free time and sometimes life just gets crazy, doesn't it? (laughs) But I'm doing my best. Hopefully every Friday we'll be here and we'll be studying Jonah. And although I chose it because it's short, I'm actually really glad that I did choose it because I've had so much fun this week learning more about the book of Jonah and I'm really excited to be sharing that info with you in this episode. I don't know what your preconceptions are of the book of Jonah. Um, I think for me it was mostly just the kind of Sunday school style telling of it. If you grew up in church or had Christian parents or whatever, you probably had a picture book with the story of Jonah. And um, it usually only tells the first two chapters where Jonah runs away and then he gets swallowed by a whale, not a whale, actually, a big fish, as we'll see when we get to that part. But it's often drawn as a whale in the picture books. And then he gets spat out again. And I guess this is just a story that kids like because there's an animal in it, so it makes for a good picture book and uh, they enjoy the image of someone being spat out of someone's mouth, I suppose. So I guess that's why it is told in Sunday schools. But there is a lot more to it than just that little story. Um, There is way more going on, and so I wanna get into that today and just do a quick intro into the book of Jonah and considering a bit more about why it was written, how it's written, and who Jonah was. So Jonah is in the section of the Bible that's called the Minor Prophets. You have the Major Prophets and the Minor Prophets, and this is one of the Minor Prophets. But Jonah's quite different to the other Minor Prophets because, and in fact all of the prophet books in the Old Testament, they tend to focus on sharing words from God. And so you read them and it would say like, thus says the Lord, and then what God says. But Jonah isn't so much about sharing a prophecy in that way. It's a story of his 
prophetic mission. So one particular time that the prophet Jonah was asked to go and prophesy. And this is a little story about that mission. We don't know who wrote Jonah for sure, but a lot of people think that it very likely was Jonah or someone very close to him, um, mostly because of the level of self-reflection in this book. It seems like it would have had to be someone very close to the situation in order to write this. The date of when this is written is also debated in terms of when it was actually written down. And so it is a little bit more difficult to determine an audience when we were studying Revelation, we get those amazing chapters where Jesus tells us all about the seven churches. Um, so we get a great idea of the original audience of the book. Here, not so much. We know it was written to Jewish people, um, to the people of Israel. But we do know a bit more about Jonah himself. He was a contemporary of Amos, another prophet. He ministered around 800 to 750 BC and we actually see him come up before this book in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 14 um, and he prophesies to King Jeroboam and actually what happens is he prophesies in favour of the king and Amos ends up reversing Jonah's prophecy in Amos 6. And so, as the Bible Project summary video on this book puts it, we can be immediately suspicious of Jonah's character. We have questions about his prophecy and his motives because he prophesied something that ended up being anti-prophesied by another prophet shortly after. So someone with that context would pick up this book and immediately be like, oh, Jonah, mm, okay. I am not quite sure where I stand with him. And as you read the book, you see his character is portrayed as someone that's pretty grumpy um, and disobedient to God. It is the opposite of our kind of idea of what a man of God should be. The whole of the book of Jonah is actually very satirical in tone. It reads to us, well the best genre that we can give it in the modern day would be satire. It's kind of comedic. Um, all the characters do the opposite of what you expect them to do. The man of God is reluctant to share God's word. He runs away from God. Um, but the pagans that we meet in this story, like the sailors and the people in Nineveh, very quickly respond to God and repent and, and want to worship him. Everything is flipped on its head and this is meant to read as funny, as comic. Um, let me just read an extract from Philip Carey's commentary on Jonah. This is the SCM theological commentary. Carey says, Jonah is a comic figure. He does everything wrong, almost, yet through him, the Lord God of Israel does everything right. All's well that ends well, as another great comedian once put it. But of course, in the middle of the story, things can get quite a mess. Jonah is a ridiculous excuse for a prophet. The holy man is screw-up, and we are just like him. Why Jesus would want to identify with him is a deep mystery as deep as his love for the rest of us. We will get to that point a little later about the sign of Jonah, as will we in, in our little Bible study series here. But Kerry continues. But we have to begin by being willing to identify with the ridiculous prophet ourselves. 
otherwise we miss the point of the joke. In the Sunday school kind of telling, sorry this is me speaking again, I'm not Kerry, but in the Sunday school telling of Jonah quite often the message is don't be like Jonah, be nice to people, um, be obedient to God, learn from Jonah's mistakes. And that is true, we, we need to learn from Jonah's mistakes, but Kerry's point here is an important one. He's saying this is more than just don't be a bad person. Um, this is showing us the issue <laughs> in the Bible. There is a sinful person here who believes that their way is better than God's way. And although he knows that God loves his enemies, he doesn't want to show God's love to them. He is reluctant to extend God's love to those who have done so much hurt and caused so much pain to him. The joke is on us, as Carey says it. He goes on to say, To perceive what this wonderful story is teaching us requires us to see that the joke's on us. Once we learn to read Bible stories in this way, identifying with the people who get it all wrong, we will be able to understand the real moral lesson. Or to put it like this, you could say, Jonah is a study of just how silly us humans can be. <laughs> we can just do some really, really silly, stupid stuff um, when God is trying to use us. Jonah looks into the struggle that is felt um, by all of God's chosen people in the Old Testament that's the people of Israel um, and the New Testament that mandate is extended to the church the people who who are part of sharing God's love and God's message to the rest of the world and here we see Jonah battling with that um, how can he extend God's love and grace to a group of people that have been so horrific to his own people Jonah's name actually means dove and dove is also used to talk about Ephraim which is like another name for Israel um, in Hosea 7 11 and it says Ephraim is like a dove silly and without sense calling to Egypt and going to Assyria so it's not necessarily a compliment that Jonah's name means dove here it's driving home the point that Jonah's um, in the same way that that Israel is called to this great mission and goes astray and still tries to go after other things. They're silly without sense in that way. So too is Jonah in this story and even his name reflects that element of his character. The book of Jonah is very carefully crafted. It's written very intentionally as a literary piece. It's, it's beautiful the way that it's set out. What genre is Jonah? This is debated. Um, some more modern scholars seem to think it's fiction. However, this is unlikely because, as we've already said, we see Jonah as a character in Kings, which is considered history. We know he was a, a real person. Um, the Tyndale commentary suggests that the reason modern scholars think it could be fiction is just because of a disbelief of the events to believe that someone got eaten up by a big fish and thrown up again and and all this they're kind of like oh we're a bit too clever for that though aren't we um <laughs> which isn't a great argument some will also argue that the structure of jonah 
lends itself to fiction because it is so well put together. It's very symmetrical. It looks very pretty if you if you understand the way that it's laid out. However, just because something's pretty doesn't mean that it's not true. For example, if we look at the stories of the Gospels, we get the same story of Jesus every time, but they're just written in different ways. Stylistically, those are deliberate choices to bring across a different message in the story each time and and hit different key points. And so just because Jonah is stylized and crafted it doesn't mean it's fiction it just means that someone's decided to write it in this way to use their talents um, as a creative writer to bring across the story in the most powerful way that they can as i said there is a structural symmetry to the book of jonah and if you want to see this written in front of you um i'd recommend watching the bible project intro overview video on Jonah because they do those amazing little doodle drawings where they lay out the whole of a book. Um, there's one on Jonah so you can kind of see it laid out in front of you but it is symmetrical in the way that it's written and um, the whole book kind of centres around chapter 2 verse 9 and this is Jonah's confession, salvation comes from the Lord. And in the way that the book frames this as being the centre of the book, it's like it's just hitting home that that is the primary message of this book. And we see that, don't we? Like the way that um, the people of Nineveh repent and they're forgiven. We'll, we'll get to all of this and we read through it. But we see that again and again. Salvation comes from the Lord. And it's the sentence that is framed by the rest of the book. This person that wrote it has done it deliberately to help us see this is the point chapter one and chapter three are both about Jonah and the Gentiles, so people that aren't Israelites, um, people in the world. And as we've already said, we see this weird flip of characters. Usually it's the prophet, the man of God, going to sinful people and proclaiming God's word to them, um, and they don't listen. However, in this book, what we see is Jonah being really grumpy about sharing the word of the Lord. Either he's running away and he ends up with a boat of pagan sailors, or he goes to the city and very reluctantly gives like a five word prophecy. Um, and the Gentiles actually respond really, really well um, and want to seek God. So these two chapters are about that, chapters one and three. They are about disobedience, they are about repentance, and they're about grace. Chapters two and four, we see two prayers of Jonah. One when he's in the big fish, it seems to be a prayer of thanksgiving. And at the end, there is a repair, um, sorry, a prayer of repentance, not a repair. See how I put those two together? A prayer of repentance, um, even if it seems slightly reluctant. We see two prayers of Jonah. We see his responses to what he's just learnt, um, and we will be looking at all of these chapters in more detail in these series. We're going to go through them a chapter at a time and deep dive into those chapters. So that's kind of all I've got to say today. It was just a really brief overview and an intro to the book of Jonah. We can conclude that this is an intentionally told story of grace and the human response to grace. This book focuses on a man who loves his ministry more than his God-given mission. He seems to be 
enjoying being a prophet um but he doesn't want to prophesy to certain people um so that's something for us to think about um as we read this in our own settings you know how much are we doing what, what god is really calling us to and how much are we just trying to make um something out of the way we're living now even if you know it, it's a is a good thing is it what god is actually asking of us it's something for the church as a whole to reflect on as we read the book of jonah together and we think about our own priorities you might be thinking hang on we haven't touched on jesus um a lot of people read the book of jonah as a allegory a prophecy of jesus's death resurrection other things and I'm not going to go into that too much today because it will be spoilers. We will do a whole episode on that at the end. So next week we'll look at chapter one, we'll go through the chapters and we'll finish up by thinking about why Jesus talks about the sign of Jonah once we've got a bit more of a in-depth understanding of the book so we can weigh that question really well. I want to end there rather than start there because, well, that's what the disciples would have experienced you know they would have known the book of Jonah before they knew Jesus and uh, it would just be fun to recreate that experience a little bit and hopefully we'll see and we'll get some aha moments as we reflect on what we've learned at the end of these few weeks so thank you for joining me today for this very very quick episode um, just going through an outline of Jonah and again, if you are new here, if you've joined via TikTok, Instagram, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening in and joining in with the study. Um, usually it's more verse by verse, but I just wanted to give an overview today. I hope it's been helpful to you. I hope you like the style. Um, I'm trying to just make this chatty, accessible, something you can just listen to while you're getting some jobs done. Um, but still, learn some really good stuff and I love preparing for these episodes and getting to study myself as well and then getting to share it with you so it'll be lovely to hear from you um I have an email on my website you can message me on Instagram or TikTok or uh, I'm on Twitter now as well um so do shoot me a message let me know your thoughts it's nice to hear from you because right now I'm just talking to a microphone in my kitchen so it's lovely to hear back from the other people I am going on this journey with. I will link all my sources in the description, in the show notes even, that's podcast link, lingo, isn't it? Show notes. Um, if you want to do any further study, do check those out. And I look forward to talking more about Jonah this time next week, next Friday, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the other podcast places. I will see you then. God bless. so much for joining me for today's podcast if you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on that would be really really helpful and it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey 
If you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially, you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just donate a little bit towards making these resources. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Bible with Megan or one word where I update everything that's going on and have content on there as well. So I really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Bible with Megan podcast.